baby. We're back. It's week two. We are, of course, the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. I'm with my boy, Brandon Adam. I'm, of course, Flex Shane. We are host tonight. Listen, we're here for the people. Typically, we do this on a Saturday morning, but I'm going to be out of town. No Wi-Fi. Literally, Brandon, I'm going to a place with no Wi-Fi. It's, it's kind of wild. We're going That's off awesome. the grid. So we're recording this on Thursday night, of course. The Chiefs are playing the Chargers right now. It's kind of a wild game. Um, well, it's going to be a wild game. I haven't really watched a minute of it yet because, hey, we got to prep for the show. But yeah. we're here today to talk about our weekly flex plays. Now, listen, we must look back on last week. And honestly, week one's probably I one of the play. hardest weeks to predict. We did okay, but we also yeah. had a few does. Like Brandon Ayuk yeah. was our like play of the week, and Renfrew. he wasn't he wasn't quite what we wanted him to be. Hunter Renfro, <laughs> okay, you know, like all these guys. None of these guys straight up just were horrible. But like you know, upon reflection, a well, monsoon in San Francisco, it's hard. Well, it's, that so- that that's when you, as a fantasy player, need to understand, make a decision. I made a decision that exact morning. Yeah. Um, about swap of that game because it was just too bad. Like there, once weather gets to that point, you know, kind of you kind of got to throw everything out. Um, so that's what I kind of did with that. I kind of faded a little bit. I adjusted my my deal with that once I saw the field and how bad it really was. I because you yeah. know, like last year, I got burned on weather games quite a bit, especially rain games. But that was different. So. Um, I saw that early in the morning and I saw how there was just pu- standing puddles in the freaking field. And I was just like, yeah, we ain't going to be throwing deep today. That's not going to happen. So adjust your rank. Please be smart fantasy people and don't just do it automatically just because yeah. we say that. Just you got to have a little bit of smarts about adjusting when the weather's like that bad. Well, it's going to be interesting because Sam Friend this week is up against Seattle yep. and obviously yep. Seattle had an emotional win last week. I don't know if you saw that, that Pete Carroll, I mean, you're a big Seattle fan, so I'm sure you did, but like, it, I mean, they were ex Seattle players that were just ecstatic and they had their tweets pre-tweeted and it was just it was insane, man. So I don't know, Mr. Hackett, like you got to make better choices at the end of these games. And it, what it, a it, joke it, that coach was, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 was that was just brutal. so bad. I was, was just, rough. I was literally, I, as a guy that kind of likes Russ, I, I've been watching Russ for years now, and I got a little yeah. bit of a, a a thing for for how he plays the game. I think he plays the game awesome, and I love watching him play. And yeah. you know, watching that go down, I'm watching Russ like literally, like as a vet, you got to kind of take control of that whole situation, man. Yeah. Like you got to, yeah. like you can't just like completely what melt down right there. That was uh, that was not normal. Well, that, and that's exactly what it was. It was just a straight-up meltdown. But listen, yeah. we, we have lots to talk about today. So let, let's yes, get do. right into it, Brandon. We're going to talk about our favorite flex plays. Now, again, for the people out there, you start your studs, okay? Don't overthink it. You start your studs. What we're trying to talk about here are fringe guys. So players that may have been on your bench last week that you wanted to see first. Now that we have a little bit of information, granted, it's the NFL. By definition, it's a small sample size, but... We look at usage patterns. We look at route runs. We look at snap share counts. Just because a player didn't blow up in fantasy football doesn't mean they're not going to do it this week, right? So Mm -hmm. there's a few players that we're probably going to talk about today that we had as high waiver wire targets this week. And listen, we don't want to play last week's best team, but at the same time, if the opportunity is there, we'll talk about Mm -hmm. one Arizona Cardinals wide receiver 
a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to take advantage of it. So, Brandon, why don't you get us started? This one is sure. actually this is an Alan Zaslowski special. So, who's your first guy? My first guy is going to be Donovan Peoples Jones. People, this guy had literally doubled up Amari Cooper in targets. Um, he had 11 targets last week. That's 11th in the league on pace for target share of 36.7% of the offense. The target rate was 42%, um, both good for fourth in the league. Uh, I think honestly with the run game and how it draws the secondary and the linebackers in sucks them in deep, sucks them in close and they throw over the top. And I think Donovan Peoples Jones has, you know, been working out. I guarantee he's been throwing with uh, Brissett all offseason because he is not the, R, you know, WR one. He's probably running with the backup quarterbacks and, and catching passes from them. And this guy's been around for a while. We love his traits. He's he's had some boom weeks, but I think this week against the Jets, I don't see why not. Um, why they wouldn't you know, target him that as heavily this week because sauce Gardner is going to be all over Amari Cooper next week. So, um, I, I, I like the, the better matchup to me is Donald people's Jones over the top. That's where I, that, I think he can be a splash flex for people that are in need. And I think that's disgusting to actually say, but I mean, here's, here's the thing is that when you look yep. at Amari Cooper, yep. he only ran, 27 routes last week which ranked 55 yeah. in the league that's bad yeah i don't understand why you're not working out your, your your top wide receiver and the problem with amari cooper is he's always been a bit of a head case right like even when you go mm-hmm. back to his raider days if he wasn't into the game he wouldn't he wasn't he wasn't great he wasn't electric when he was a cowboy he was great because hey they had an opportunity to win every week but i mean they won last week obviously it's gonna be i don't know as an amari cooper fantasy owner fantasy manager mm-hmm. he's a risky play every single week and i mean man i well, straight up would you bench if you had hypothetically would you bench amari cooper for donovan people jones this week i would right I now i mean honestly because he he plays hard for that team all the time and you see you know mark cooper he's just temperamental man like I, I i think he knows like i'm gonna be sitting here blocking a ton and i'm just gonna be yeah. running very few routes and he's gonna they're gonna have to be blocking a lot and i think the big play the big splash plays are gonna be coming from um don people's jones and i think that's the way the offense is gonna work until deshaun watson gets there and then they'll start rolling through the wide receiver one and pepper in the wide receiver one mark cooper will start taking off towards the end of the season but, you know, I think it's going to be a heavily, heavily run, 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 over-the-top kind of offense. Very simple stuff. And if he's getting that kind of target share, even if it drops to 20%, that's still a great target percentage for a flex play. Like, that's completely fine. So th- I actually am very hot on that. I think this is a that's, that's a good little play. Yeah, man. Listen, it's... Uh... Fantasy football isn't always about who you're starting, but it's who you're not going to start. And sometimes that name mm. brand is tough to sit those players. But Mari mm. Cooper, until we see otherwise, I am not confident starting him. Now, nope. obviously, deeper leagues, different conversations. But, hey, if you can, I would avoid him. Okay, mm-hmm. a guy that I'm going to pick next. And actually, what a world we live in, man. Our flex plays. One Cleveland Brown. And now I've got not one, but two Detroit Lions for my flex plays this week. So I'm going to I'm gonna go, Here we go. Next first. I'm going to yes. talk about DJ Chark, okay? Wide receiver of those Detroit Lions. Now, one of the things that we first of all liked is the fact that they were actually one of the fastest 
teams last week. They ranked fifth in terms of plays per game or, or pace of play. And mm-hmm. why is that important? Obviously, because opportunities to score fantasy points. Now, the one thing I will say is that the Lions, and if you look, if you watch the game, which we did, the Lions were behind for a good chunk of that game. And a lot of this was probably garbage time, although they did actually come back to it almost to the point where they could have maybe tied up the game or won the game against the Eagles. But that's the Lions, man. It's That's, that's just the, the environment we're going to be in with them for the rest of the season. And obviously, like the Detroit Lions this week played the Washington Commanders. And we saw last week that the Commanders know how to put up points. Like quietly, the Commanders have a bit of a a pretty good offense, man. If, if, if Carson Wentz can actually do what eagles fans thought he could do a few years ago mm-hmm. they could be dangerous but the yeah. thing that's really interesting to me is that we know that dj Chirk has the speed okay he's got four three four 40 yard dash speed okay that would be a 97th percentile speed score what i like to see is that he actually did get three deep targets which was tied for first in the league and like it that's just explosive upside play he's also ranked fifth in terms of total air yards with 126 this game so Shark was a guy that you were probably getting around 12 and 13 in your drafts because he was hurt all last year. He's got a little bit of that stink, right? We we talk about it all the time. There's like that jet stink on a player like Elijah Moore. Well, DJ Shark kind of had that line stink, or, or maybe it's the Jared Goff stink, to be more precise. But yes, the truth is he did well for fantasy last week, and he's probably going to do pretty well today. He finished as a, as a low-end wide receiver too, and you're playing him as a flex. You're playing him as a wide receiver four. So DJ Shark... Locked and loaded, baby. I think he's going to have a good week this week. Sign me up. Brandon, give me a second, guy. All right. We're, this is an all Brandon Adam podcast for my picks here. I think this is a rookie that's trending towards actually doing well this week. I think game script is going to have to make this team pass the ball. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up. And that is the Titans uh, playing the Buffalo Bills this week. I think Tannehill is capable of exploding. He's had big monster games with A.J. Brown um, in the past game as well. And they're going to be forced to have to throw this this game. I think they really are going to have to uh, – to keep up, they're going to have to do that. And so with Traylon Burks, my rookie wide receiver one that I've been touting all summer long, um, him him and Drake London, but Burks beat it, beat him out for my number one spot. Um, last week was encouraging. He had three, uh, three catches on uh, se- uh, seven targets, and two of his targets were double covered and deeper down the field. He had a target rate of 41%. Um, that's fifth on his team. Um, so – the target share is that's it, it's not great, but the the snap share that's where this this play is coming in. The snap share for him to put up those numbers he was doing was he only was on the field for thirty six point seven percent of the time. That it was similar to what uh, AJ Brown was when he was a rookie when he first came out. He was in the forty some percent uh, mid forties. That that's right on par with um with the with what Traylon Burks is doing. They're kind of easing him in the same way. I can I just feel like with this offense they're gonna have to throw and they're gonna use Burks to attack deep down the field, especially try to get this kid going in the red zone. And his A dot is his uh. Air yards was 34, 34% uh, as well. Um, that's pretty darn good. And his yards oh after God. catch, this is this is the number one thing about him. In college, what was he known for? 
It was about his yak ability, his yards after catch ability, uh, Debo Samuel-esque ability, A.J. Brown kind of stuff. He led all rookies with 31 yards after the catch. That tells me this guy is a runaway train when he gets the ball in his hands and people are having a hard time taking him down. And they are you know, realizing that this guy is a huge play a huge wide receiver and he's coming downhill and he's not going to stop. So I, I just love the fact that his average target distance is as over 20 yards as well. That's fourth in the league as well. His deep, deep targets was two and fourth in the league um, for, you know, opportunity share of his team. So that they are trying to get him downfield and big plays. I just feel like in that offense with the bill bills, they're going to have to get after it and pass the ball, pass the ball a lot more. Yeah, no, I think that's smart. And the thing about uh, Traylon Burks is the fact that you know one of the one of the criticisms was just the fact that he's not the most elusive player, right? When you look at his mm-hmm. target separation, he ranked seventy third in week one, right? Like he's not mm-hmm. he's not one of these guys that's going to get separation, but he's extremely dangerous when the ball is in his hand. So right. the worry was, well, you want a more versatile wide receiver if that's the kind of guy you're drafting in round one. But what he found is that he's hyper efficient, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he ranked number seven. Brandon in yards per run with 4.58. So when he actually yes. did run routes and when he did actually did catch the ball, he was super efficient. So, yep. I mean, to me, he's going to have to do something. But the thing is, the thing is, you can say Kyle it. Phillips, Kyle Phillips. Yeah, that guy. My okay. goodness. Talk about him. Ugh. Okay. So obviously Kyle Phillips uh, plays with him as well. And the thing is, is that, He's also a rookie. He was a fifth-round pick. He has a 90th percentile agility score, okay? He went 6 for 66 on nine targets, and mm-hmm. he looked good. I mean, he's, he looks to be definitively the slot-wide receiver. Yep. He also was hyper-efficient in yards per route run. He had 3.88 yards per route run. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting this, this week because, to your point, they've got the Monday night game going up against Buffalo, and Buffalo is going to freaking score, man. Like, yep. you saw the Rams get pulverized by them last week pulverized by them if you think tennessee's going to be able to play defense on these on these schmoes you got another thing coming you know it's kind of totally disrespectful too <laughs> we we can't forget the titans were the afc they were like the top seed in the afc going into the playoffs last year yeah the bills are a 10 point favorite this week yikes 10 point yeah. favorite so the implied team total in general for them is that the Titans are only going to score about 19 points. That's not great. But if there's a hope, if there's a chance in hell that they that they keep up, they're going to have to utilize their young rookies. Tannehill's just going to have to trust them. Now, I got a question for you. Okay, Brandon? Sure. Say the, say the Titans lose this week. They go 0-2. Mm-hmm. How many games until Malik Willis is given the opportunity? Half the season? Yeah, I think they're going to I think they pretty much made it known that they aren't going to pull him up until it's like obviously they're out of it. Um so I think that's just how it's I think yeah, I think honestly week 8 at the earliest if they're like, you know, 1 and 7 or something, you know, 1 and yeah. or 2 and 6, something like that, I can see them going, "You know what? Let's see if this kid can spark do something and, you know, may as well find out right now what he is." So, but they've made it pretty clear, uh, Vrabel's made it very clear that Tannehill is his guy right now in that Malik is um, developing. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. This one might seem like a bit of a layup for my next player here, but 
Al Lazard, <laughs> man. Al Lazard, Green Bay Packers. <sighs> what what do I have to say? I mean, listen, we talked about it on the, sh- on the waiver wire show on Monday. I mean, Christian Watson, man, he got open. He dropped the ball. And you could just, like, you saw Aaron Rodgers. He looked to the sideline like, look, like, guys, this is what I've been talking about. Now, Aaron, I will say, you give them shit. But if you were there when Christian Watson was actually healthy during OTAs, and you didn't skip the OTAs or the voluntary practices maybe he would have been a little further along so don't just point fingers at the young rookies okay they need your veteran leadership but al lazard his historical numbers don't exactly knock you off your feet but he has the trust of aaron Rodgers. and randall cobb is dust he's dust it's done why is he on on NFL team he shouldn't be playing nfl if he if it wasn't for aaron Rodgers, he wouldn't be on an nfl team right so Ultra old faithful. You were getting Alan Lazard probably around six or seven. So he's not exactly a flex play. But if you weren't mm-hmm. really sure, you're getting him in. You're getting him in. Get him in. Yeah. He's a that valuable player on that team. And if Green Bay wants any shot at do at making the playoffs this year, they're gonna have to get Alan Lazard involved because hey, he's mm-hmm. he's the vet. So Alan Lazard, maybe a bit of a layup, but sometimes stating the obvious, you have to do it, right? Yep. I'm fine with that. Who you got? All right, brother. All, we've been talking about this guy had the m- biggest roller coaster ride of value of any player in face football this summer, and that's Antonio Gibson. He was falling all the way till what round eight, nine, ten Dude, in some drafts and redraft. It, it was insane. Like it was absolutely insane. And what did we? What did I say on this show? I said talent will beat everything out. Always book on talent, man. And that guy's never finished outside of uh, – he's been a fringe RB1 his whole career, and it, that's exactly what he did on Sunday. He f- finished at RB11 again, and as usual, and that was without even scoring. So la- last week he had a snap share of 62.9%. That's 15th in the league. His opportunity share was 78.6, 8th in the league. He had uh, – the team – Team run plays per game was 28 last week, and that's 11th in the league. So he had 14 carries as well for a little over 50-something yards, and he had eight targets for seven catches for 72 yards. That is so important. What have we been saying about this guy for a couple years now? He is a converted wide receiver out of Memphis, and we've been screaming at Ron Rivera and that coaching staff to get this guy – deeper down get him in routes deeper down the field to use his speed and agility and he has hands man and it he showed him off this game and i was so pumped to see how they were using they were using him up the seam with jd mckissick on this on the the field with him so they were both in the backfield running routes out of the backfield and man oh man gibson is ridiculous when he is out there running against linebackers because these backers cannot catch up with him and he's been he was absolutely gold last week and i think it's going to continue um for like at least the next four weeks until brian robinson gets back and then it'll muddy up a little bit but until then please do not keep uh keep him out of your line there should not be a reason he is in your not in your lineup this guy is a must start a little bit of his advanced stats he had nine target share was 19.5 percent that's fifth in the league he, routes run 20 routes run number 13 in the league uh 
Yards per reception, 10.3 yards. That's sixth in the league. Man, yards per route, he's number two in the whole league at 30.6 yards per route. He's catching it at an 87.5 catch rate. This guy is an elite talent out of the backfield, and I'm so happy they're finally using this guy the way he was supposed to be used. And I'm hoping they continue it because, honestly, these commander, the, the, the Washington team is actually pretty damn good, and I'm stacking the hell out of that uh, Washington and Detroit Lions game in DFS because, honestly, the Lions are the best, best team for you to actually play against because – they will never pack it in. That that staff will always fight, and they're always going to score late touchdowns and get it close. So they're going to always push teams to the brink, and it's going to produce massive shootouts, and I think it's going to happen again this week, just like it did with the Eagles. Last week, the Detroit Lions on the ground gave up between Boston Scott, Gainwell, Miles Sanders, and Jalen Hurts on the ground. They gave up over 50-something points of fantasy points on the ground. It, that is just insane. Antonio Gibson is going to be a top five running back this week. Book it. The reason that people were fading Antonio Gibson was the narrative, right? I mean, yep. there was every there's so much coming out of camp. I mean, you would have had to have just you know nuts to steal if you were confident with the fact that if if Brian Robinson was healthy, that he wasn't going to be a major part of that offense. Okay, and he still might be in a few weeks. He was mm-hmm. practicing this week, but we're looking at this week. And the thing yes. is, is that it's a trust factor. We saw it like, even in the preseason where Antonio Gibson fumbled, right? In yep. I think at least one preseason game. So that's the biggest issue. And then you add on to the fact that last season when he wasn't performing up to standard, he had like a broken shin, basically. Come so on, man. Like hurt. Yeah. So And he doesn't I, I, miss I, games. And that's what that, that's what's a, one thing about him is the upside with him is immense because if you got Curtis Samuel, he's coming out of the backfield. He's running outside of the backfield as well. We, what does Curtis Samuel do? He gets hurt a lot, right? He gets hurt a lot. So I don't expect him to be around at all for the whole season. So whenever he's out, Gibson, even with Brian Robinson, is a smash play. And I think he's going to actually have a bigger workload. And honestly, it's going to cut into J.D. McKissick's role more than Brian Robinson and Gibson fighting over. I think I think yeah. JD is going to be the one that's getting phased out and he cuz honestly he was he only got 3 targets last week, dude. So that means Gibson more than doubled him up and you're going to tell me that you're going to suddenly shift these these targets away from Gibson when he's producing like that at such an elite level? I don't see that happening, dude. Like I honestly see Gibson blowing up, holding on to his uh his his uh role and when Brian Robinson comes back he'll be like a like a cheap Ingram when he was with Alvin Kamara yeah. um back in the Saints days he'll be like kind of like that and he'll work a lot in, in between the 20s and once probably get some goal line touches because that's where Antonio Gibson didn't get the ball a lot last week and I think he's gonna get more touches inside the red zone this week because he was only tied for 31st in the league at, at in the red zone for touches. So that's not good enough uh, for me for an RB1. No. So I'm hoping next week they actually start giving him those reps in there. But I think they were just so enamored with Curtis Samuel having him healthy that they're like, we got to just use him while we got him. You know, like he's a he's a Ferrari that they've been trying to use for at least a year now. So I, I, I like that play. I think Gibson's a stud no matter what throughout this season. You just out on the fact TMC caught a touchdown. Jahan Dotson, the rookie, who we love. We love Jahan. Love Dotson. his catch radius. Got two. This is sick. 
was sick. You know what the funny thing is? I was listening to the athletic podcast and they talked about catch radius, and then they, they said, Oh, actually, you know, it's it's just he plays bigger than he is. It's exactly what we say, right? It's that's exactly yeah. what we said, dude. It looks like he's like, got I, a catch radius because of the way that he plays. And we saw like look, dude, he's so athletic. Yeah, his first touchdown was an agility one, but the second one, that was a hands, that was a concentration catch. He's gonna be great. So if the commanders can keep up this juggernaut like they, they were playing the Jags. So let's just, you know, put a little bit of I understand. On that. I understand, but Detroit is just as bad on defense. This is this yeah. this this rhythm they're gonna get, they're gonna start off hot, man. And I I feel like Wentz is out to prove something. And what what have we said about this guy? We've he's got talent. Like it's just his brain. He really just malfunctions sometimes when he gets, you know, beat up a little bit too much. He gets a little, you know, edgy and he gets a little finicky. And I just, you know, that's the only thing he needs to calm down. So if he can actually, ha- he, he's look, they got so many weapons around this guy. So he doesn't have to take risky throws and like, he can just literally let them yak every single catch and just, he'll just get numbers. So I think he's a, a QB one and I, are close to a QB one top end QB two for super flex. He's a great QB two for super flex. Okay. Let's, let's move yeah. on. Brent. Let's move on. Sure. All right. I got one more wide receiver. Then we're going to go a couple more players. each. So we're going to, we're going to call it a, a show. So he was a sure. hot waiver wire target this week, Arizona Cardinals. That is the Greg doors. Yeah. Drafted free yeah. agent from a couple of years ago. Listen, he came in and all off season we were talking about good. We were hearing good things about Rondell Moore. He was going to be a bigger part of that offense. And then Greg Dorch steps in in that Rondell Moore spot in the slot primarily. And he's dominated. So, of course, this week, the Arizona (laughs) Cardinals are playing Las Vegas. And last week, Vegas gave up 15.4 fantasy points in the PPR league against the slot wide receiver. So Greg Dorch is going to continue to play in the slot. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Now the thing is is that we don't always necessarily say okay yeah you gotta go pick up. You always want to churn the bottom of your bench with these race roster pickups. And Greg Dorch was the perfect example of that. He's the kind of guy you want to get on your bench. But sometimes you're not confident to start these players. I'm confident starting Greg Dorch this week, man. Um, yeah, twenty five percent target share. He had nine targets last week. AJ Green, man, we talk about dust. Like he's dust. dust. More That's dust. It. He's more dust. Yeah. And, yeah. And, I mean, honestly, it's so the Cardinals, bad. they looked bad last week. They looked objectively they bad going up against the Chiefs, but maybe the Chiefs just look really, really good. So Las Vegas, maybe a little bit more in their stratosphere, I should say. And this is a very winnable game for Arizona. This is a must win. Is it already a must win? I think this is must win. The Cards cannot go 0-2 if, Kings, if Kingsbury wants to keep his job. He just so, got a contract. He ain't going anywhere, boys. He ain't going. He just got an extension. He ain't going anywhere. Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't trust. I don't trust anything, man. I just trust the uh, the wins on the field. But I yeah, get that we're, we're close to a must win. And as much as it's kind of nasty, obviously there's some built-in chemistry here. And and Kyler's just got to step up, man. Kyler as a whole has got to step up. He doesn't have a lot of weapons. Marquise Brown is good, but he can't be everything. Zach Ertz had the late touchdown, thank God. But he, you can He's tell, he's a little still. bit hurt out there, so he just doesn't mm-hmm. look 100. So Greg Dorch is going to get his man. So plug the nose. Put him in the slot because listen, there are some major injuries out there already. There's a lot of players that are hurt. Keenan Allen's going to be out this week. Chris Godwin's going to be out this week. Mike oh, Evans is dealing with injuries. DeAndre Swift might be hurt. Like Elijah Mitchell's obviously on IR. Like it's one week. It's crazy. So, it's Swift. Forward. Swift already says he's playing. He's not. Nothing's so wrong. He's. I, I, it I was more of a maintenance. Injury. It's just injuries. But it's just this is the Jared NFL. Man. It's Discord. like. 
Oh, did he? Fantastic. That's yeah. just killing everybody. I want a Pacheco. I need a Pacheco touchdown. What are you really doing? Yeah. No, Pacheco's a closer. Okay. Give me one more, Brandon. Make All right. Deep. Here's a deep. It's, okay. It's so this sleazy. is one of my, this is one of my deep, deep plays I'm going to do in DFS this week. And I don't suggest you doing this. Like if, if this is a high upside to win money type of play. And with all these injuries with the Bucks, with all every single starter is literally got a cue next to their name and is not in a full participant in practice right now. You know who is? You know who's a full participant and is fresh? It's going to be Rashad White. Rashad White is going to bust out in tech in against Dallas, and I think he's going to get himself a nice little workload. The co- Byron Leftwich already was praising him after the game, said that he did zero wrong. He's going to get more each and every week. But with Lenny pulling up with a little bit of a hammy last and during the game, and he's still not practicing. That tells me maybe, just maybe, in in the third, fourth quarter, they might use some Rashad White in there to pace the old man out and be able to use him throughout the year and not overwork him right now. So Rashad White is one dude that I'm doing in my DFS plays because I think he might pop. I think that that is a uh, less than a half percent play that people are going to use, and it's going to be, if it hits, it can win you some money. Leonard for Leonard Fournette looked good last week. Like he looked sure did good, but Rashad <laughs> didn't look too bad either. No, I get the feeling. And here's the thing, right? So I could see it being a bit more of a timeshare, just a little bit more. Mm. Like you know, Tampa wanted to come out and they wanted to, to prove a point. Like last last year, going up against Dallas, it was a close game. You know, they were coming off the champs. This this year, they just walked in and just stomped on Dallas. But listen. <laughs> Rashad White is a pass catching specialist. Okay. We talk yeah. about running backs that are good at catching the ball. And then there's a specialist when he was in college his last year in college in 11 games, he had 43 receptions off 50 targets, 456 receiving yards and a 16% target share. We talk about like that, that threshold of 20 receptions. He had 43. Okay. And he also had 100, 180 rush yards for a thousand and six yards, including 15 touchdowns. The man knows how to score. I yep. love Rashad White, man. That that that's a sexy, sexy pick. I wanted you to get sleazy, but that's sexy. I like that one. Yeah, buddy. I, I honestly, it was all because uh, I was reading about Lenny, and they're. I can just see if because they, they're going to be crushing cow the Cowboys this week. I guarantee. I guarantee uh, Tampa Bay is going to do well this week. I actually against the Saints. Um, and I think with Lenny just pulling up, I, I didn't like him pulling up like that, man. And that, that scared me a little bit. And the fact that he wasn't participating even today, you know, like that's, that tells me that they're nervous about him and you never know. Like they might just say, here you go, kid, give you 15 carries and let's see what you can do. You know, like you never know that could happen. So, and I, and I think Rashad white can just explode on that turf in new Orleans that he's going to run so fast on that turf yeah. down there. It's going to be sick. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Man. I like that. I like that. Okay. I got one more one. It's a little bit deeper. I already teased at the start sure. of the show. I went DJ Chark. Led DJ Chark this week. I also am comfortable putting in Jamal Williams. Now listen, okay. He scored two touchdowns last week. I'm not going to bank mm-hmm. on two touchdowns, but when you look at the split between him and DeAndre Swift, it's ex- it's pretty much exactly what we talked about preseason. We were saying probably a 60-40 split in favor of DeAndre Swift, and guess what? It was a 
60, well, technically 58 to 41.9%. Like, so it was essentially a 60-40 split exactly like we thought. He had 11 carries, including two goal line carries. He was the only one to get the goal line carries. Swift didn't get them. Um, he did get two targets, and he ran 10 routes. So, obviously, if Swift plays, you're, you're, you're locking and loading John Swift. He looks just exactly how we thought. Sick. He looked, he looked League electric, winner, boy. Disgusting. But yeah. Detroit, we already talked about it. They run a lot of plays. They're going up against Washington. So it could Maybe be a so. bit of a shootout. It could be a filthy it's little shootout. And yep. that means he's going to get opportunities once again on the goal line because that's not where DeAndre Swift does his magic. When it's like two yards out, that's where Jamal Williams is going to get the ball. So you're hoping on it for the touchdown. You're hoping for a few receptions. And you're hoping for a high-scoring game. Opportunities, mm-hmm. baby. So mm-hmm. – that's it, man. Jamal Williams. Plus, he's just a cool dude, right? Like, Jamal Williams yeah. is probably one of the coolest dudes in the NFL. Can, can, can we just, before we leave, just talk about the fact that what Javante Williams is going to be? Oh, God. He's so can, we just, can we just talk about that for a second? Like, remember when everybody was freaking out about, are we overdrafting him in the second round? And people yes. are like trying to trying to tell me and tell us that he's not worth the second round pick and all this nonsense. This man is going to end up being a top five running back this year, and it, it's it's all because he can catch the rock and he's he, yards his yards per route run is three point one zero. That's fifth in the league, man. He has a ninety two almost a ninety two percent catch rate. Like his route participation is seventeenth in the league. Routes run tenth. 10th in the league target share number two in the league at 29 percent like this guy and throughout and you know as it gets colder and the games start meaning a lot more you know they're going to start pulling the old man off and they're going to start inserting the big dog towards the end of the year and this guy is going to be a finisher for anybody that drafted him just congratulations and like i think i think you guys took a risk on him and it's going to pay i'm excited about it does it worry you at all? I mean, so he only had seven carries to Melvin Gordon's 12. They yeah. both had a goal line carry. I think Javante fumbled on the goal line, which both of them great. did. Yeah. They both fumbled on the goal line. Yeah. Javante, I mean, he's he's just, he's also elusive as hell. He had four evaded tackles. Yeah. Which, like he, which ranked pretty much near the top in terms of evaded yeah, tackles. He, so yeah. I worry a little bit though, like, the Broncos weren't really pushing the ball down the field. And yet, I feel yeah. like that kind of burned them a little bit. And, and that's one of the reasons why Javante had so many targets. Mm-hmm. They are going to be in a lot of hurt if they're going to play conservative. Cause that's exactly like they played conservative that there's no other way around it. That worries 100%. me a little bit now for Javante as a whole. I mean, the talent is there. We can do it rushing. He showed you, we can do it through the air. Love Javante. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, if you have him, you're starting Javante Williams. Like, nobody's even questioning it. What about Melvin Gordon, man? I mean, he had a decent little showing. Are you confident? Yeah, uh, honestly, you, you you can actually start him in a flex, too, in a deeper setup. I have no problem with that. I, I'm contemplating yeah. him in one of our maniacal leagues. But, you know, yeah. I just feel like I just feel like Javante is going to get so much air targets, and that's what's going to separate him and make him become – a superstar in fantasy football. And I, and if you look at his red zone touches, he had three of them last, last game, that's ninth in the league. So he's getting those looks. I I don't expect the Broncos to be so clunky as they were in that game. I can just tell that Russ was, you know, very hyped up over this whole thing. You know, the Seahawks were as well. And it was just, it was a very emotional game for both teams. And 
I it feel like nice. they, I think each team kind of out, kind of got out of their game plans. And I think uh, next week we're going to see a lot of Cortland Sutton um, uh, getting targeted definitely against Houston. But I think Javante Williams finishes very well this week and actually crushes this week. I think he scores and yeah. puts up 125 combined yards. I I, I got to bring this question up because I had three separate people in the. Discord. I just wanted I just wanted to. I, he's our flag plant, so I just want to talk to him. There you go. Yeah. I, I so I, I want to bring this this uh, this dichotomy up, Brandon, because I had this three separate times in our DFS Army Discord uh, over the last few days, and people were asking me Travis Etienne or Jeff Wilson. Mm. And what I've been telling people, and I'll be consistent, is that I'm going to stick with Travis Etienne because you got to trust the talent. Like, if you just look at the game ball at the at the box score, it's not fantastic, right? But when he had the ball in his hands, he looked electric. Now, obviously, that drop touchdown. Yeah, was there was two touchdowns. That was, there was two. There was two yeah. opportunities for the red zone that he should have had. Catastrophic, catastrophic. Yeah. And then there was that backwards fumble, which really hurts him. So that's not great. But I mean, you can kind of. I would say I am not giving up on that guy. Jitters. That guy's too talented. Yeah. And and the thing about, about San Francisco is they're, they're playing, I believe the Seahawks this week. So Mm -hmm. yeah, they're playing the Seahawks this week. So I, I, we saw what they did. Jeff Wilson's a trap. Seahawks are, that's what I'm trying to say. I think Jeff Wilson's a a trap. Now in one dynasty league where I actually have Elijah Mitchell, I had Jeff Wilson as well. So I'm stuck playing him. but in a redraft league where, Unless you just, like, there's some teams that have been just had bad luck, right? That maybe you have Elijah Mitchell and you have Keenan Allen and you've got a few of these players that got hurt. That that sucks. In which case you have to play him. But if you have better choices, Jeff Wilson is a risky play this week. I, I do, and I understand that 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 Denver was moving the ball on the ground against Seattle last week. But I worry a little bit about Jeff Wilson, man. So just just be cautious. I mean, he's a viable flex play. I don't hate it. I think it's a bit of a trap. I think, listen, listen, I was listening to Pro Football Talk today, and already they're talking about, is Trey Lance ready? Is Trey Lance ready? Trey's going to come out, and I think he's going to show them, listen, it was a fucking monsoon, people. Like, I get a, I get a pass on that one. Everybody in that in that game gets a pass, okay? <laughs> Forget it like it, it didn't happen. It was also kind of like, you know, week four of the preseason, essentially. So let's go in next week. Let's look at San Francisco. And if anything, man, it's going to be a Debo motherfucking Samuel game. It's going to be Debo. It's going to be Brandon Ayuk. And those are guys that I'm starting with confidence, of course. So we've already gone long, Brandon, because we've got so much to yep. talk about. But sorry, brother, man, it's what we're here for. So we appreciate you guys, you guys listening. Um, obviously, a lot of people are probably watching the game right now, so you're probably going to tune in after. So hopefully, this brings you some value. For all of you who are out there, we do appreciate the fact that there's a lot of fantasy football content out there. So thank you for joining us on the DFS Army. For those who weren't watching before, I have to reiterate the fact that we had a million dollar winner last year or last week, last week, last week, one of our patrons. So shout out to our guy. I got to just double check. Shout out to our guy. I'm just horrible here. Horrible, horrible. (laughs) Um, Just absolutely horrible. Rapid fire. Shout out. Rapid fire XD, our guy. There we go. Um, Congratulations on a million dollars. So go to DFSArmy.com, sign up. I believe there's a few promo codes out there. I'm horrible because I don't have them in front of me, but just go sign up, check it out. Uh, we have Discord. We've got the coaching. You can talk to yours truly in the Discord chats. And um, listen, man, we're here to cash big every single week. And hey, man, one week down in the books, and it's a pretty good track record. So with that, 
Appreciate you guys listening. For Brandon, I'm Flex Jay, and we are the DFS Army Fantasy Football Show. Thank <laughs> you.